The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. I will be one of your hosts for the hours, and with me also is our co-host, Linda Schub, who's president and consultant with Organization Effectiveness Consultants. Linda, thank you for joining me today. Hello. Yes. Also on the line, we have Valerie Wright, CEO with Right Ideals Unlimited. Valerie is based in West Palm Beach, Florida. Valerie, thank you for joining us. Thank you for for having me. I'm looking forward to the show. This is one of my favorite topics. Ooh, I'm excited to hear that. Totally. I love this topic as well. Today, we are, speaking of topics, going to be talking about creating an inspirational vision, which is we really view it as a foundation for successful leadership, and I think we'll say more, and hopefully as we go through the show, you'll understand why um, it's touted as such. Um, why don't I kind of step back and start with asking each of you, Valerie and Linda, um, you know, your thoughts on what is visionary leadership? Uh, Linda, would you like to go first? Just your thoughts on what is visionary leadership? Sure. Um, a lot of thoughts pile in at once, and the first thing I think of is, and these are some fine discriminations, but the difference between leadership and management, and if you think about it just a little bit, leadership creates a lot of change and management in the classic model implements the change that has been innovated um, at all levels of the organization. To me, the difference between an ordinary leader and a visionary leader is a person who is exceptional at keeping the outside and external environment well-connected to their internal environment and a person who is able to see the opportunities before the picture becomes completely clear. And these days in our nonprofit and public environments, visionary leaders are frequently looking for partners. So a lot of times people will say, where is the boss? Well, hopefully the boss is outside envisioning and making contact with the uh, uh, collaborators, partners, competitors, customers, uh, communities um, outside of their own organization so that they can get ahead Mm -hmm. into the next curve of change and transition and not bog down in the current operational matters. So okay. that, I don't know if that helps, but it's a brief start. 
Okay, I think it's a it's a really good launching pad to start from. Um, Valerie, I'd love to hear your thoughts with regards to visionary leadership, and then I'll actually kind of um, share a little bit of, of my thinking on that as well. Valerie, how sure. about for yourself? I think um, visionary leaders are people who light the world. When they speak, uh, other people become uh, excited. They they stop, they listen, they pay attention. I think when you think about uh, visionary leaders, they always have something they're talking about. It's always about the future. I think um, they they talk about what's possible and things that people don't quite know what they're talking about, but it, it moves them. And I don't. Uh, and I think that's inside organizations and outside organizations. I think inside the organization, visionary leaders become more focused around planning and um, finding goals and ways to make it happen. They are action-oriented. When they say something, it, it happens. It, it comes about. So it's not just this kind of pie-in-the-sky dream, but it is – uh, something bigger than any one person can do, and they inspire the best people to get behind it. Um, you know, I've worked for managers and leaders who, when they say something, you know it's going to happen even if you don't see how it's going to come about. It's that faith-inspired mm-hmm. um, future that you can't quite see, but you know it's possible, maybe challenging, and usually it is when a visionary leader comes up with something it's 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 usually a challenging proposition but something people are willing to get behind it's almost like their words have creative power mm-hmm. that reminds me of um the movie uh build it and people will come mm-hmm. bring your idea forth and it will catch on mm-hmm. yeah and so i i like that um framing uh with regards to really thinking about the visionary leader and um, inspiration, because I think that that's really what very often sets apart what Linda was talking about, um, some of the managers from the leaders. I think an important part of of leadership is uh, being able to inspire others, and in order to inspire them, you know, it's what are you inspiring them to? So to be able to have that vision that is forward thinking and um, allows others to then have a forward-thinking picture of the future and to join you in that, I think, is uh, very inspirational. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's one thing to talk about, here's what we do. It's another thing to talk about, you know, here's where we're headed and here's why we're headed there. And as you said, Valerie, it's that whole essence of being inspirational. And my hope is by the time we finish this hour, we will have an opportunity to have... um, have others really be clear on how to become a visionary leader, why it's important, and, um, and you know, and just literally concretely, what can they do to be more visionary? Uh, because vision is really where the essence starts as relates to leadership. Um, wondering if either of you can think of a visionary leader that we might begin to t- talk about. Visionary leader come to mind for either of you? Do you want to start, Bell? I don't have a person in mind. <laughs> okay. I have someone in mind, but uh, Linda, do you have someone in mind? Well, you tell us you're someone, and then I have a whole thought process in okay. mind. Okay. So well, go my ahead. thought process right now is I, I'm thinking of Martin Luther King, Jr., 
Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm thinking of Martin Luther King Jr. is he says, I have a dream. And in essence, when we talk about vision, vision really comes from hope. You know, what do you hope for? Mm-hmm. And as we talk about what we hope for and we paint the picture of what we hope for, then it inspires others to share that dream, to share that hope in the form of, you know, a vision. And so I think that uh, when I think of visionary leaders, I think of um, Martin Luther King because he was able to look beyond the circumstances to have a hope and then to communicate that hope as a dream or as a vision. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I agree, and I love that idea because I think not necessarily in, the, in terms of a religion, but I think visionary leaders have this ability to see higher, um, a higher spiritual force you know, in terms of the work that that vision gets ignited to something bigger than any one individual, mm-hmm. uh, and they're able to bring those that that energy to the work, so mm-hmm. that people feel it. it it's almost um, it's an energy that's real, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's spiritual in how they lead. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I think the spiritual piece for me, if I um, is the essence of hope. Because the essence mm-hmm. of hope yeah. is just maybe, people who have yeah. the ability to look beyond their circumstances and envision something beyond what is. So, yeah. I, I, you know, absolutely, I, I feel that energy, you know, just in talking about it, I feel yeah. the inspirational energy that comes from, you know, the life that literally comes from having hope. And if right. I think about it um, in the terms of Western or Eastern um, religion, one, you know, kind of goes to a... One might say a proverb, uh, a wise quote, and both translated would be, you know, a people without a vision perish, or a people without a vision die. An organization yeah. without a vision, you know, has no life, has nothing to move forward to. You know, mission gives us purpose, as Linda was kind of alluding to when we were talking about the manager, and we may talk a little bit more on that, but it's the vision that, pre- that creates this, this um, wonderful energy in moving forward. People who have no hope in their life, we put them on suicide watch. Yeah. You know, and and organizations that have no hope, then we know that they soon, their light will probably be dying out. Valerie, going back to you saying that visionary people, you know, it's like the light of the world. Uh Aha. I mean, it all kind of connects together. I hear a voice trying to get in here. Who's the voice? I was going to say, you know, when you you start talking about hope, and it takes me back to to our president, who is absolutely visionary. His whole campaign and his whole premise is about hope for America and that Mm -hmm. message and how he was able to ignite people across all races, classes, all across the country, with this message of a new America, not so much a new America, a better America, mm-hmm. an inclusive America. Mm-hmm. And it is that message of hope that mm-hmm. caused people who were in, a, in, in, in an energy of despair because of what was happening to, to become active in a pro- process that basically had died out and belonged to the few who were part of two parties, but it became an inclusive um, process again, mm-hmm. and no, so I, I think agree. it speaks to that that message of hope. Yeah, I agree. I I, I certainly think both of his campaigns were campaigns that um, helped people look beyond the current circumstances, and therefore quite inspirational. Linda, any thoughts from yourself? Oh, I have so many thoughts. You know, when I this is going to be a little bit controversial, but when I uh, work with 
uh, leaders and managers and ask them to make a list of leaders that have been visionary and what the characteristics are of those leaders. We get people everything from, of course, Martin Luther King Jr. We get um, the Kennedys. We get uh, Reagan. And the controversial part is, interestingly enough, we also get people like Hitler and Jim Jones and others who have been followed because I think what you were describing was the passion that somebody has behind their cause or their vision or their result that they're trying to create and the power of their ability to manifest and to help other people to see what it could be. That's kind of the definition of visionary. What could be out there in the future is strongly based on communication skills and the ability to paint a picture of of positive consequences. Um, And so while most half of those, the latter half that I mentioned, are not personally visionary to me by any stretch, um, the power that they had over their constituencies by creating, uh, generally speaking, a vision of a better life, which goes back to hope, Mm-hmm. And playing off of that, um, the vision to me has to be connected to future, future situation, future condition, and often the um, <clears throat> point of pain or the leverage point for saying, are we doing, are we headed toward the right end in mind, meaning the vision, mm-hmm. Um has to be taken into account with the means to get there. Are we doing it in a way that, in a medical analogy, you know, does no harm? Right. Well, I think we'll kind of continue that conversation. Obviously, for myself, I, I you know, I recognize that there are, there, there are inspirational leaders that are good. One might say positive values, um, and then you have. Um, Certainly, inspire people who have, can be inspirational, and they're evil, but and they are causes and, and that, evil yeah. that they that they are leading in a way that creates harm to others. Um, but we'll continue this dialogue, loving it. Uh, please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on leadership matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. 
we spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Today we're talking about creating an inspirational vision, which is just foundational for successful leadership. Um, Before we went to break, I know that Linda had brought up a number of leaders who have, have had a vision that they have got others to join them in taking actions and movement, um, kind of like creating a movement behind. And one of the, and I guess the list that Linda brought up for those who may were, maybe were not with us before the break, ranged from Martin Luther King to Hitler. And I um, wanted to certainly, you know, certainly share that um, clearly there are leaders that have vision to do things that are, are beneficial to others and society at large. And then we have leaders who are evil, and evil meaning um, do things that actually do harm to others. In either case, um, the idea is to have someone be able to um, talk about a desired future state, take a hope, and communicate that hope in a way that that gets others to join in on whatever it is they're they're hoping for. So looking at the concept there. Um, Valerie, I know that you've been scanning to see if we had any questions from our listening audience. Do you have any questions you want to uh, share with us from the listening audience at this time? Yes, I actually have a question from Paul in Wisconsin. Paul's uh, question is, what is a vision? Is it, is it just a statement? Thank you, Paul from Wisconsin. We appreciate your uh, question. Uh, Valerie, do you want to start with a response to Paul, and then Linda, I'll ask you if you have any thoughts. Sure. I I think um, a vision. It's more than a statement. Certainly, I would I would start mm-hmm. there. I think a vision is um, it's it's a it it's about the future. It is a clear picture of what the future would be once you achieve it. So it uh, once it has been realized, that's what a vision is. The future, as you dream it, as you um, hold it in your mind's eye, beca- and what, it, what your company can become, 
what an organization, a community organization can become, what a neighborhood can become different and more powerful than it currently exists. So it is um, providing a picture of the future uh, so that others can see it and and believe um, that it is possible. So I think it's mm-hmm. painting that picture with words, with visuals, um, and 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 sharing that so that others can can believe it's possible. Okay, great. Uh, thank you, Valerie. Um, Linda, do you have anything you might add for Paul? Well, I think the important thing is to take the mission and the vision together in context. And um, it goes back to what I've referred to so many times as the not only the strategic planning process, but the strategic thinking process. So if a mission defines what business are we in now, whether it is the organization, the nonprofit, uh, collectively in the industry, whether it is the department. Mission is what business are we in now. Vision is where are we moving collectively toward the future and based on all the external knowledge we can gather now, including the current industry trends, what do we need to be prepared in order to excel in the future? Okay. And it's almost a defining of the gap between where are we now to where do we want to go and need to be, which allows the opportunity to then write the goals and do the implementation portion. Mm-hmm. But to me, that is a bit of the differentiation. Um, and I'm not sure you ever get to a vision. Mm-hmm. Because okay. if you're doing it right, if you're doing uh, the mindset as well as the administrative and operational work, everything continues to stretch out. The closer you get to where you wanted to be two years ago, the more their opportunities are popping up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to make hard decisions at the fork in the road. Right. So, I mean, I think that that um, certainly gives Paul some uh, food for thought and some things to think on. I think both of you kind of answered, and Valerie, I think you went um, to the heart of the second part of, I think, Paul's question is, is it just a statement, and I would certainly concur that it is not just a statement. However, when we talk about vision statements, which is where Linda went, um, the vision statement becomes one way of being able to articulate that journey. And if we're looking at a vision statement, Paul, um, some basic criteria to assess, you know, what that statement might encompass, which, again, is just a way to help hopefully everyone under that umbrella be able to articulate where what the vision is. It's the spirit of the vision that's going to move you forward. So, you know, typically I'm going to ask groups that I'm working with three things uh, if they're looking at a vision statement to see if it if it really is where they want to land in their um, revisiting of a vision statement. One is where, where Linda went, is it rooted in the mission? 
yet focused on the future and does it tell the reader or the hearer of that vision statement where you're headed? Mm-hmm. And then kind of going back to what maybe both Valerie and Linda both said, you know, does it paint a picture of your desired future state? Does it depict what you will be when you've arrived at whatever you hold as your ultimate goal? And then thirdly, does it inspire support and does it inspire growth? Um, that then, Paul, kind of goes to the essence of a of a vision statement and certainly it's simply a vehicle for being able to capture and communicate the essence of where it is you're trying to move. So the so the vision itself, the essence is larger than the statement, but hopefully the statement allows a collective to be able to have consensus about how they might articulate where it is they're headed. Thanks so much again, Paul, for your question. Valerie, do you have another question from a listening audience? I do. I have a question from Jenny in New York. Jenny um, says, I read an article by John Ryan with the Center for Creative Leadership uh, titled Leadership Success Always Starts with Vision. In it, he he states that compelling visions can change the world, but staying invested in them can be extremely difficult when hard times arrive. My question is, where does the compelling vision begin? Do you just pull it from a hat? What do you draw upon? Mm-hmm. I love that, um, Jenny. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Jenny from New York, for that question. I do a lot of subcontract work with the city and with the um, Center for Creative Leadership. Absolutely love the organization, mm-hmm. and this statement so resonates with me. So I um, would imagine that um, the article that John Ryan has written here, um, leadership. Uh, that he did, we, oh, the title was "Leadership Success Always Starts from." Uh, starts um, with vision. I, yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't read the article, but I would recommend it simply because I know John Ryan and I know the organization, and it's probably a great reference for anyone who's wanting to know and understand a little bit more about this thing that we're talking about, vision, to kind of reference. Where does it come from? Um, Valerie, do you want to start with that? Sure. I think vision comes from passion uh, for the future. I think passion about uh, the work we're doing, passion for the organization we work for, uh, it comes out of our uh, desire to see uh, the future better than it currently is. I think that when we um, begin to think about um, vision, that it's, it's about um, our commitment to the work. And, and from that then we have passion. We draw on that energy that um, compels us. What is it we want to see? What is it we're willing to work toward? Uh, and I, I think that that's where it comes from. It's it's that internal value that we have about what we want the future to be about. Um, it's having fire. In, you've heard that statement, fire mm-hmm. in your belly about okay. something. Great. I think that gets us there. Okay. And if I were to ask you, Linda, the same thing, anything you would add? Um, yes. I would add that um, given the visionary leaders that I have known and when I'm my most visionary, the component that we haven't mentioned yet is there's some ability of people who are visionary leaders to connect the dots that other people might not see as connected. So, in other words, as they go about uh, 
gathering data externally and serving their communities in a variety of different ways, the integration of the data frequently allows a visionary thinker to come up with a what-if statement. And this goes directly to the question of where do they come from? What if we could end regional hunger? What if we could, you know, regionally find housing for the homeless? And then you the visionary leader starts to connect. Well, I heard this board member at that meeting mention that resource, and this person over here mentioned this resource. What if we put them together and said, what could we do towards improving the situation? That can become a vision. Right. And And so it is interesting because I'm hearing where you are, Linda, and I think that the person who says, what what I heard Valerie say as relates to just the desire, the passion for that hope. The person who says, "I you know, I want to see world hunger and has the vision." That's my visionary. The person who starts putting all the dots together for me are my strategists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah, the plan, I, though. I, I think visionary. You're right. I agree with that. But I would say the dots of the need is a first level, like the assessment of the, the clarifying, the epiphany of the need. So, and the need for me is when you say, like, you know, let's end world hunger. That's the vision. The vision is ending world hunger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when and we that's that, not a plan. It's a who can help us. Yeah. yeah, so when we come back, we can talk a little bit more about that. I, I, and, and really, what are some of the um, what are some of the things we ask ourselves to be able to think visionary, um, and then be able to lead others in a in a way that is visionary that then that then actually um, puts in place this thing that mobilizes others to begin to begin become strategic and then tactical about how to deliver on it. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. 
Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions, and having fabulous um, conversation and debates on the breaks. <laughs> so um, I think that before I went to break, we were talking about really wanting to make sure that um, people leave this hour with clearly understanding, you know, how do they become more visionary. And so, you know, I have some thoughts on how they become visionary um, Valerie and Linda, if you have some thoughts top of mind, want to put that out there. And then, Linda, I think you have another um, maybe example yeah. you'd like to bring up, which, of course, is controversial, and that's a good thing. That's, a, that's fine because you'll go where you go and I'll go where I go and we'll still love each other. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to start with top of mind, um, are there questions that people can ask themselves very succinctly. If someone has a pen and a pencil and they're capturing, you know, what can I do to ask myself, you know, what can I do to put myself in a mindset of being more visionary, what do you tell them? Um, Valerie, let's go on and start with you since you told me at the top of the hour you love this topic. (laughs) Okay, there are three questions I would start with. One is where, where are the opportunities? I mean, you just look out and say what's out there that hasn't been touched, that nobody's doing. What's, 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 what needs to happen for conditions to change? What are the opportunities? Then the other, which is on a personal level, what challenges me? Because I create a vision around meeting challenges in my life. Uh, and the other is uh, what frightens me? What, what just, you know, make me shake? Not not in a you know a negative sense, but what is it that probably I would say frighten and exhilarate at the same time? Um, I think you you start asking yourself questions outside of the box, and then as you begin to get answers, you will create visions of what you can do, of what um, what opportunities are out there. You will create uh, and innovate out of those opportunities. Um, same is true with challenging. What is it I deal with all the time that if I could just make it happen, you know? Okay. So. Good. Good food for thought. Um, Linda, any quick, succinct food for thought you want to add to what Valerie's kind of thrown in the pot there? Um, oh, there's so much to say. Go back to the original question before you ask me about the example. Okay, the original question is just if you had anything you would add um, very succinctly. Let's say someone had an ink pen, they're writing it down, they got a a pearl they're going to get from you to think about, you know, what puts me in the mindset for thinking in a visionary way? 
Well, two things. One is the gap from where I am to where I want to be or where my community is to where my community would thrive. Um, And so most of the time that is done through a SWOT analysis, strengths and weaknesses internally compared to opportunities and threats externally. And recently we've seen, and I've been using, Trends. What do you see as industry trends that contribute to the opportunities or should stop us from going down a path that is going to be obsolete? And that's particularly true in the energy industry and financial markets and just about, uh, you know, IT, anything you can name. I read an article last week that said the top 20 jobs in the next 15 years are not yet identified. So there's not even a job title for them, which means we are moving so quickly in a, to a place that we have not yet imagined, and yet that's what visioning is all about. Okay, so I'm going to pause there, and I'm going to add another thought to that with regards to you know, how else one might one think in order to go into a visionary space. Now, I'm going to divide out where Linda was because I, I still see... Um, that piece is being very connected to the vision. I see it more as putting the strategy to the vision. So I want to push the person way back um, from even before they do their SWOT analysis and um, and really just go into that space of who are you. And in your own space, think about what do you hope for, what do you truly desire, and as I think Valerie might have said earlier, what do you have passion around as it relates to um, that hope, and what would that hope look like if it were brought to fruition? What would, how would it make a difference? Because that, for me, is the vision. You know, looking at all the other things from that, you know, is the strategy for implementing it. But first, what I want you to have is really what our guests last week talked about, and that is that um, big, hairy, audacious goal, because that is what the vision is. You know, I think what, was it John Johnson? And he, he would probably want to hit me if he knew I couldn't think of his name right now. Um, Valerie, can you think of, is it John Johnson, I believe? Well, well. Are you talking John Collins? Anthony? No, uh-uh. The guest that we had last week on the show. Oh, and Michael Johnson? Oh, it? Michael Johnson. What Michael was talking about, he said their big, hairy, audacious goal was making sure that everyone, you know, all the children that came to their Boys and Girls Club became college students, that they were college-bound and they made it to college. And so that's a big, hairy, audacious goal. That big, hairy, audacious goal, that hope, that desire that every child makes their way to college, that they, you know, that the outcome is that they're providing them all of these services. So the, the goal, the vision is this child and this child and this child, every child makes it to college, the strategy from that then becomes, you know, um, based on our strengths, the things that we have going for us, based on our weaknesses or challenges internally, and then based on what Valerie talked about, the opportunities that are out there, and based on the potential threats, those threats that might keep this child from going to college, then what do we need to do in order to get there? The, what do we need to do becomes the big what's, become the big strategies. But where it all starts is the vision. If we don't have the vision, 
we share our, we, we sell ourselves and our organizations short. If everyone knows that they have to, that they have to use all of their resources, that the focus for every decision that they make is, is this child going to make it to college? How do I, what do I need to do to help them get there? Then everyone can think creatively. Everyone can think, you know, how to coordinate around this vision, which, you know, I love it because it goes right back to what John Ryan said with the Center for Creative Leadership is that it starts, leadership starts with the vision. If I think of Puns and um, Coons' book and uh, the Leadership Challenge, it's really leadership is the art of inspiring others to want to achieve shared aspirations. If I'm, if I'm inspiring you, oh, it's actually, it's mobilizing others. Mobilizing others to want to achieve shared aspirations. But if I have a shared aspiration, it means I have a shared goal. If I have no goal, where am I leading people to? If I don't have that, then there's no vision, there's no movement forward. Yikes. There's no mobility toward anything greater or more noble than where I am right now. So, for me, the mindset is really about getting in touch with what do you hope for, what do you desire, you know, bringing that passion together to then create it, uh, or I should say to communicate it in a way that also talks about, wow, the difference it's going to make. Right. That's back to the gap a little bit. And mm-hmm. um, um, one thing I do want to caution our listeners about is that many people use the terms differently, mm-hmm. not mission and vision, but goals and vision or goals and strategy. And so it's very important to know how your organization or your audience, because they're even a life vision, uh, is interdependent upon your life partners. So um, it's not the exact words, whether it's a strategy or a goal that's going to be important here. It's that there is one big, hairy, audacious vision out there supported by a series of sequential and concurrent actions and decisions, as you just said. If I make this decision, will it help or hinder my progress toward my ultimate vision and the ultimate landing place I intend to be? Right. And if I have no vision and I'm leading others, I'm slowing down the process. And so or I, you're I, leading lemmings off the cliff. Well, and that may be, or, we're, you know, the thing is, if I, the clearer I can be about the vision, you know, the example I often use is if we're driving down the street and a patch of fog rolls in and I can't see, Beyond the fog, it slows things down. So for leaders to be able to move things forward for themselves and for those who are following them, then they want to get clarity of vision because when you get when the fog lifts and people are clear, everyone can move forward with much more certainty, with much more confidence of what the target is. And so rather, you know, so before I can put the strategy in place and any of those other things, I've got to get clear on, you know, What's the difference we're trying to make here? What are we hoping for? How do we communicate that in a way that mobilizes others to want to achieve that shared aspiration? But I've got to have what it is. If I'm not aspiring others to the possibility of, and the difference behind it, then I'm just mundane. You know, I can do and we can make sure and we're, you know, making some movement, but it doesn't have the same life at all. Yeah, here's the difference, for example. So one example I want to bring up. Um, okay. 
And this, again, comes from one of our past presidents, so it's not a political example. It's a, it's a vision statement example. And that is, um, I could be a company, or there could be a company that manufactures computers out there. There are many of them. Their mission is to make computers. Um, at a certain point in time, there was, and I believe still is, a vision about the accessibility of those computers across all of the children and adults that we have. I'll just stay domestically for the moment here. No, go where, go where they went. Go where you went. <laughs> well, I will for in a minute, but let me start with domestically. And so, okay. And, and the vision became one laptop per child, which aligns with that vision of give everyone a college opportunity and that kind of thing. And while there was no laptop that was affordable, one laptop per child, um, very quickly on the market, and I know this for a fact because my mother had one, she's an educator, they... Um, there, I don't know who, but a consortium of computer manufacturers came together and created the $100 computer, and they were bright green. And the controversial part is many of so those hold on might have been. Hold on, I'm going to have you hold the controversial part so we'll be able to debrief it a little bit. Looks like we need to go to break, so please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services call 858-244-8264 that's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Our workplace is dynamically changing. How do you stay ahead of the curve with respect to learning and training? Tune in every week to The Future of Workforce Learning and Development with host Pamela Robinson. You'll learn about real-world strategies, solutions, and resources that will showcase these changes and keep you ready for what's next. The Future of Workforce Learning and Development is heard live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovisions.org. 
Now, back to Leadership Matters. Okay, great. Well, we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Linda, I'm going to have you drop your controversial piece, and then we can continue this conversation about is it opportunity or vision. <laughs> well, I have to say for our listeners that at the break I, I we were talking about which comes first, a vision well, or Well, and I think let's go back, though, before the break. You had uh, an example regarding one laptop, one child. One I laptop, one child, mm-hmm. which... Um, came out of No Child Left Behind, which I will take that off the table for discussion, but if you just think about the vision, one laptop per child, and somebody said, how are we going to do that? Meaning, that's probably targeted for the at-risk, lower socioeconomic folks whose children, whose parents aren't out there buying them the newest devices. So these $100 computers... They were bright green, they became manufactured, they were distributed for free to schools both domestically and then they did catch on and many were manufactured internationally, which um, became the controversy of why are we educating other communities at our co- other uh, countries to compete with us at our cost. But the point was one laptop per child would, it, it compelled the manufacturers to find a way to make a $100 laptop that was functional enough that somebody like my own mother with a PhD in education or a EDD in education could use it full-time because it had Internet access, it had the essential uh, applications that were needed, and it became part of the whole uh, learning mm-hmm. community's goals and strategies and vision was to be sure that the access to a laptop was not limited by socioeconomic standing. Okay. Right. So then, so really, if we go back to Jim Collins and we say the big, hairy, audacious goal was one laptop per child taking um, the whole digital divide and economic piece out of the picture, then it mobilized it, it mobilized um, people to move forward, which is great. I, I think what we were talking about um, during the break, and we were having a lively debate, <laughs> <laughs> we gather, rather it's opportunity or vision, um, I'll let each of you speak your point on that very concisely because we're in the last segment and we're about to run out of time. Um, and then I'll, I'll um, speak mine. And if I'm in agreement, great. And if I'm not, that'll be okay too. So let's hear where you are. What comes first, opportunity or vision, or, or, what's, think, the, or what's the connecting point? I think you, ha- you see opportunity and you create a vision to fulfill that opportunity. Opportunity is about looking out, seeing uh, possibilities to change the future, what's there. So I look out, I see there's an opportunity to change the conditions for African-American children in this neighborhood who is not going to college. So the opportunity is to send them to college. What becomes the vision? My vision is to see all African-American children in this community attend college. And then I go and get a strategy around how do I then get the resources and educate them so that they are able to get into college. Okay. Thank you, Ms. Valerie. Linda? So I agree 100%, and I would say it backwards. So that's a yes and a no. Um, I would say it's a complete 
intermingling of opportunity with vision. Um, I frequently watch CNN, and one of the most incredibly fascinating women that brought tears to my eyes was uh, voted as one of the CNN heroes, and there are 12 voted every year, common people doing extraordinary things. And she was an African-American woman whose son had drowned. And so she created something called the Joshua Project because I actually donated and got, it was so touching. And it, the goal is to help inner city children of all races who do not uh, grow up around swimming pools and lakes become more swimming safe and so the trauma that she experienced which might be cited as the opportunity although I'm not sure I think of it that way but the trauma that she experienced created the vision in her mind to have a safer inner city community when it came to water uh, safety and recreation and she began a whole nonprofit that is now robust, and she won the CNN Hero Award for okay. doing that grassroots. And I would Got say, it. so let me say I would, this. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Okay, <laughs> so then I, I think that what I see is both. I see that um, I see a nexus between mm-hmm. the vision that grows from opportunity and the vision that grows from a passion or desire within. I think the I think the Yes. The connecting piece for both is hope. Whether I see an opportunity and I hope for, you know, being able to leverage this opportunity, change, yada, 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 or be it I have a growing passion or desire within, and in that I hope for something to be different, then I think both, um, I think the common denominator in both is hope. And it's and so rather the hope comes from the opportunity or the hope comes from some internal something that has happened to move me into the space of desiring, um, both are what, you know, it's really, it's, it's that which I hope for. If I have hope for creating something beyond the what is, then I have the makings of a vision. And I would guess that there are many, many people in this world that are visionary but do not know how to actualize those visions. So let me stop there because that's what I want them to get from today's show. I want them to really think about what do you hope for? What do you hope for? What do you hope to change? And what is the outcome? What's the impact? What's the difference that that change is going to make? Because then that becomes the vision. And if we can have people think about and communicate that which they hope for as leaders, then we have so many more being able to step into mm-hmm. a visionary space mm-hmm. in, their, in their leadership style. Otherwise, it's more of a mundane managing what you have against what you see versus stretching people to the space that empowers them to look beyond the obstacles, the challenges, the circumstances to the possibility. A vision is never how do I do it. It is what do I hope for. Absolutely. That's what I want us to get. It's what do I hope for. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then from there, we can go into strategy, tactics, yada, yada, yada. Mm Mm-hmm. Wonderful discussion, Linda and Valerie. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun. This has I've been enjoyed fun. It. It's been great. <laughs> and to our listening audience, thank you for those who sent in questions. We want you to send them in and want to hear your voice and hear your questions and hear your thoughts and comments. So please join us on Wednesdays, every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
for Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Oh, 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 oh,